Welcome to the Pin to Profit Podcast. We cover everything from writing captivating prose to grammar to marketing tips, tricks, and insider advice to turn your passion for writing into cold, hard cash. Get ready to skyrocket your book sales and your audience with our guidance. Buckle up because you're going on a rollicking ride through the realm of writing riches because the Pin to Profit Podcast starts now. All right, and we are live. Welcome back once again, all you Hemingway hopefuls and aspiring Austins. You are tuned in to the Pen to Profit podcast. I am your host, proofreader, copy editor, and writing consultant, Ray Evans. And today I am joined with a really special guest. Joanna McSpadden is a software developer by day and high fantasy writer by night, giving her a truly eclectic perspective of the world around us. She is a lifelong writer, creative adventurer, bibliophile, and avid fantasy board game enthusiast. When she's not programming e-commerce websites for major household brands, she's writing illustrative literary works of art that inspire readers to dream, embrace their authenticity, and defy the odds to go after whatever it is they desire, even if it goes against the status quo. Joanna lives in Kansas City with her husband. So before we get into it, Joanna, do you want to say hi to the audience? And also, normally I ask people to tell me uh, what their favorite book is and why, but we're going to switch it up a little bit. What is your favorite board game and why? Oh, good one. Okay. Yeah. Um, So yes, I'm Joanna McSpadden. I'm kind of a new author in the space. Uh, My first novel is coming out in March. So um, yeah, I'm very excited about that, but still very new on this journey. Uh, My favorite board game... um, you know, I've spent a lot of hours playing it, so I, I think I have to to say this one, but um, Gloomhaven has been uh, my favorite. It's kind of an um, RPG slash um, tabletop. Uh, it's got, it's like a huge campaign and different classes you can be, different races, um, tons of fun. Uh, very long, <laughs> very long campaign, but yeah, very fun. Oh, Gloomhaven. I've actually, I've never heard of that game before. Oh, yeah, it's it kind of in the, uh, like, serious, <laughs> like, gamer uh, vein, yeah. <laughs> oh, I see, because I, I think my favorite board game would probably be Monopoly, because, like, it's yeah. really long, and I think it's it, if you're with a bunch of competitive people, you know, it could go for, like, like hours and hours on end. Like, I've had yes. games that have gone for, like, eight like nine hours because nobody nobody wants to give up nobody wants to just call it a night and we have to play until you know everybody runs out of money and it gets it gets pretty intense sometimes (laughs) yeah like each session of gloomhaven uh, could take like four hours so i mean it's it's a commitment (laughs) like how many people like uh play at a time so it's a four player game you can you can play with up to four so you can play could play solo um, two or three or four. Oh, awesome. I'm going to write that down. I will check that out, see if I can uh, get a copy of that. I might get yeah. converted from a Monopoly to a Gloomhaven fan. Never know. Oh, man. <laughs> You're All in right. for a fun time. <laughs> All right. So I was kind of curious. So apparently uh, you work as a software developer and you program e-commerce sites. So I am not a very technical person at all. 
I, I don't know anything about technology. Like, I believe that it's, it's basically magic. Like, I'm talking to you on my computer right now. Electricity, it's coming out of the wall somehow. I press a button, the computer turns on. I don't know how any of this stuff works. So I guess uh, for myself and any other non-technical people who might be listening, uh, could you kind of walk me through, when you talk about programming a website, uh, what does that mean that you do and explain it to us like, like we're five-year-olds? <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it is pretty magical. Um, I've had a, a boss in the past call it the closest thing to magic in the real world. <laughs> it's because, yeah, you, you type some things and then it shows up in this really magical way on the on the Internet. So, yeah, I mean, basically, like day to day, I'm just, you know, listening to what business partners would like to see on their website to make it more inviting or easier to use. Uh, and then go back, kind of design it from a technical perspective and yeah, type it, type it out. <laughs> uh, and then, I mean, there's a long process with like how to get it out there. But yeah, I mean, it's pretty much, it's pretty magical, honestly. <laughs> oh, okay. So it, it is, so you're kind of like a, I guess, like a, like a junior sorceress or magician kind of. <laughs> right. I love to think of it that way. <laughs> Well, I, I learned something new today. Making websites is magic. All right. We, I'm going to yeah. put that in the show notes today, just so yeah. that uh, everybody who comes back and listens knows about that. So curious, I, how long have you been uh, working as a software developer uh, programming these magical websites? Oh, let's see. What year is it? Um, I've been, <laughs> I've been uh, doing it since I graduated college in 2011. So quite a long time. I guess that dates me a little, but um, yeah. So it's been it's been my main career, I'd say, until just recently getting into the writing space. Awesome. All right. So and now, now that you just mentioned, that, I think that's a, a smooth transition uh, into writing. So you've been you've been working in a software for you said about 11 years, roughly a decade. Can you uh, tell me in the audience, when did you first realize uh, that you wanted to be a writer? OK, yeah, so I've I've actually, I think, been a writer my entire life. I wrote short stories um, all throughout childhood and it made like my sisters and cousins act them out with me. And uh, I wrote a book in college for fun, but it just, it wasn't something I thought that I could do for real. It was just fun. Uh, and then, yeah, recently I just, it the, the feeling never went away, right? It kept chasing me. So I decided to actually yeah, give it a serious go. And it has been one of the most uh, fun and terrifying things that I've ever done. Interesting. So, all right. So, so it sounds like you've uh, been like writing uh, pretty much your entire life. So was there anything in particular that made you decide that, you know, you wanted to start actually publishing your work? Yeah. So in, I think it was the end of 2020, I had a, a friend that was really into like the bookstagram space and she had a contact with a writing coach and, she, you know, kind of everyone knew that I was like trying to write a book or that I had a book idea. And so she, she asked me if I, if I'd be interested in working with this writing coach. And at first I was like, well, if I do that, then I have to actually write a book. <laughs> uh, so it was like, this added pressure, right? 
But I, I sat down and I talked with a coach. Um, this was LA writing coach, Ashley Mansour. And I mean, she kind of understood everything that I was saying, this, this desire that I had that never went away and the kind of the fear that comes along with actually pursuing this writing a book thing, right? So we hit it off. Uh, I did one of her programs and I mean, she really solidified the journey for me and the, you know, you really can do this, you know, and, and I'm going to help you and gave me that outer accountability that I was missing so far. Whereas it was just kind of something maybe I do in the evening, maybe not, mostly not. Right. So she really kind of gave me that extra push and that extra confidence that really made me like actually move forward with this. Oh, awesome. Um, that, that's interesting. You mentioned uh, yeah, you were working with a, a book coach. I'm sorry. What was her name again? Ashley Mansour. Um, Ashley from Mansour. Got it. L.A. Wright. Yeah. You know, there's like I feel like there's like this perception of, you know, like writing is kind of like this solitary activity that people kind of do by themselves. So I was curious, could you uh go into a little bit more and you said you did a pro like a program with her? Could you elaborate a little bit more on like the uh, kind of coaching specifically uh that Ashley was helping you with that helped you to uh, write your book, which we're gonna get into in about a second? Yeah, yeah. So her program was consisted of group seminars and then some one-on-one coaching and the group seminars kind of helped us uh, tackle mindset and tackle process questions and also things like world building or character development. So she had, and we had like kind of a group setting for that where, as I mean, leading up to this, I didn't really know any other writers. So it kind of gave me um, just a community right there of other writers to talk to, which was really helpful. And I will just say now, probably something that I've learned the most is how important having a writing community is. And after uh, she would kind of give us kind of assignments, I guess, every week. And this was very much a finishing the first draft program, right? So we had assignments or tasks to complete like every week in this uh, 90 day program that were going to get us to the end of our first draft. So um, we had a few one-on-one sessions where we would go over uh, the outline that we created and uh, the ideas that we were coming up with. And then kind of throughout the manuscript writing process, she would read it and then come to us with, uh, you know, kind of encouragement or just wanting to figure out where we were mentally and, and how how to move forward. And at the end, she even gave us some like plot uh, help if, if needed. Well, awesome. So it sounds like uh, this program, it was a lot of, like you said, uh, like accountability, uh, feedback and uh, community. And I definitely think that that's something if you're uh, listening to this right now, you know, you might want to consider, you know, looking for like a writing coach or a book coach, you know, so that you're just kind of not, I guess, creating like in a vacuum, because, you know, uh, Joanna was just telling us how, you know, that it definitely helped her to uh, work on her manuscript. And speaking of your manuscript, so I want so it looks like uh, your first book is set to be published, effective, looks like March 5th, 2024. And we're actually recording yeah. this on January 25th, 2024. So I wanted to know if you could uh, go in a little bit of detail and tell us what the title of your book is and uh, what it's about. 
Yeah, absolutely. So the uh, book is called Obsidian Tide, and it's about a trio of, you know, heroes that are on a quest to find a cure for this deadly disease that has struck their kingdom and themselves. And the only cure that's available is this like magical relic and it's protected by um like monsters and it's it, you know it's, it's a whole quest to find this like ancient magical relic and i mean i will say that's what it's about like plot wise but you know it's about a lot more than that as well uh partly in my bio i mentioned you know kind of digging deep and being authentic to yourself and that is really kind of the underlying theme is about uh being yourself even if it's not necessarily what everyone else thinks you should be doing. So. Oh, that's interesting. Um, So I was curious, like um, with like, you know, your background working in uh, software development, I'm just in my head, I'm just trying to kind of piece together, you know, how you you came up with like an idea for like a high fantasy novel. So was there anything that inspired you to write this particular story and this particular like genre? Fantasy has always been a love of mine. I think probably the first books I fell in love with were the Lloyd Alexander uh, Prydain Chronicles and and then Harry Potter and then Hunger Games. I mean, it's just like one fantasy book after another. Uh, it's always been just a, a secret, not a secret, I guess, but a special <laughs> love of mine. Um, and I, yeah, it's 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 become an escape as well like when when things are hard when things get complicated you can just escape into this this other realm and it's always been uh really appealing to me oh awesome um so i was curious um obsidian tide are you going to be releasing uh this book independently or are you going like uh the traditional publishing route so this is kind of in in between and it is being published by a publisher, but a smaller publisher. So I don't, I didn't go through an agent or anything. Just working directly with um, a publisher. Uh, which publisher? Oh, look, you froze for a second. Uh, yeah, uh, who's uh, what's the publisher? Yeah, like I, yeah. <laughs> so I'm working with Morgan James. Morgan James, got it. Okay, so. I was curious, uh, could you walk me and uh, the audience through the process of how you found Morgan James and what made you decide to work with them as opposed yeah, to doing it independently or somebody else? Yeah, so I was originally going to go the traditional route. Uh, I had started working on query letters and looking up agents, but uh, my writing coach, uh, Ashley, um, had a connection with this publisher and asked me, if I'd be interested in, um, you know, submitting my work. And at the time I was like, yeah, let's, let's try it. Let's just see what happens. And they came back with very positive feedback and wanting to move forward. So I kind of just, uh, like scrapped the traditional route, knowing that that could take years and years to get, you know, on the shelf. And, you know, here Morgan James was wanting to publish it now. And let's see, I signed my deal with them last January and it's going to be on the shelves this year. So that's, uh, you know, a lot faster <laughs> than the traditional route. So, yeah, that's kind of um, how that how that all happened. 
Oh, great. I think you must be really excited that, you know, the whole process is, you know, really quick. Like you said, traditional publishing, they could take, you know, like like years to do. So I guess uh, kind of to switch gears a little bit. So when you're not writing and obviously when you're not working on coding these magical websites, uh, what kind of like hobbies and activities do you have outside of like uh, work and writing? And, and you can't so, say board games either because we talked yeah, about Yeah, I was going to say, I mentioned board games. <laughs> Um, but besides that, I'm a huge soccer fan. I watch as much soccer as I can. I am an I absolutely love Lionel Messi, and I love that he's you know here in the states. I so I follow all of that really closely. I love uh, listening to podcasts about it, and the MLS and the EPL are like my top leagues. And yeah, I I love pretty much everything soccer. <laughs> wow, cool. Yeah, I never really got into soccer uh that much as a kid but you know i i did used to work uh, in an office with a with a lot of like people who are like from europe and they always used to make fun of how you know in america we what we call football uh they call soccer football pretty much everywhere else in the world uh they used to call football like hand eggs because the, the ball kind of looks like an egg and you don't really use the ball with your foot at all so i guess they kind of really had a point uh, as far as that went so <laughs> I was just thinking, it's popping in my head right now. Um, when you were writing Obsidian's Tide, uh, did you ever like experience writer's block at any point? And uh, if you did, could you uh, walk me through like how you like managed it or like overcame it? Yeah. So after I wrote the first draft, it went through a developmental edit, and I think that's when I first kind of experienced this writer's block, where it was like I had a bunch of issues, things that I wanted to fix. But I was like, I don't really know how. And I'm just kind of sitting here, like, staring at, at, at some point. So I think for me, what worked in that situation was to stop thinking about it. <laughs> so, like, kind of getting up, doing something else, um, like watching a movie. Uh, I think after just letting my brain relax on it, it started to come up with, with ideas without me trying to force it. So that worked for me in that in that moment. I will say recently I'm trying to plot out book two. And what I've what I've done when I'm stuck lately is look at other stories that I really like and like movies or books and kind of force my story to do the same things that the other stories are doing and just seeing where that leads. So like, oh, I need a turning point. What's a turning point that I've seen in another book that I really like? Okay, what if that was the turning point in my book? Uh, and so, and it's not, you know, it doesn't always fit, but it kind of gets the wheels turning and I can kind of try different things and I can see how it could fit. So that's been really fun recently as well. Oh, wow. Those are like two uh, pretty good tips. It's funny you actually mentioned both of those. Because I had did a uh, an, epi an earlier episode of the podcast, I believe it was episode number uh, fourteen or fifteen. I'll have to put it in the show notes uh, where I talked about uh, different ways that authors can try to overcome writer's block. And you actually just kind of like mentioned two of them, like the kind of you know try don't try to force it, like step away, do something else uh, to kind of take your mind off it, and you know come back to the manuscript later. And like you said, uh, looking at other works, uh, you know, for inspiration as well. Those are actually two uh, like very good tips. So if you are listening, I hope you're taking notes on that. All right. So 
Every time I have a uh, an author guest on, I kind of ask like a version of this question, and I'm really curious because it sounds like you have like a lot of different things on your plate. Uh, and like when I was a kid, I used to read. I didn't read like fantasy books. I used to read a lot of like comics and graphic novels. And you know, when you have like a superhero or whatever, it's kind of like two people. Like like for example, you know, Bruce Wayne. He's a playboy billionaire, but he's also Batman. Uh, you know, putting criminals in like comas uh, by night. And so it's kind of like you have like these almost like double lives, uh, but it's one person. So I was kind of curious. So could you kind of like walk me through how you uh, balance being an author, working on your book, working your full-time software development job, uh, creating webs, creating your creating websites for clients, uh, editing your books, doing marketing activities. You mentioned earlier that you're married, so uh, your family life, and I assume you have friends that you play these fantasy board games as well. So how do you manage uh, your full-time career, writing your book, uh, doing marketing, promotional things, and your family and your social life? Because that's like a, a lot <laughs> to one person lot. to juggle. <laughs> it is a lot. Um, I am a huge planner, and I think that's the only way that it works, really. Um, so I like to plan out my weeks and I kind of give each day a theme, um, where I focus on a different thing. Like one day is okay. Really focus on, on software work, right? Get ahead of that. Uh, I can't always like, you know, just focus one day on that. It's, it's every day, but there's some days that it's like the main focus. And then, uh, another day will be really focusing on my novels. So maybe getting up early or maybe like skipping the, the TV in the, in the evening, uh, to focus on, on the book. Uh, and then another day using my, my extra time to do the marketing to dive into the social media stuff. And, and then, yeah, Saturdays are board game days. And <laughs> uh, and then Fridays are soccer days, usually. So it's, it's kind of how I theme each day is helpful. But also, you have to, you have to um, block out your time as well. So I like to write first thing in the morning. But that doesn't always work. Uh, so if I don't write first thing in the morning, I try to find at least an hour and a half somewhere that I can block off to to focus on writing stuff. And it can be brainstorming. It can be actually drafting and writing. It can be uh, the editing. Or it can just be spending time with, with writing friends because that is actually really important too. And just learning the craft. So it's kind of just a time blocking planning um, endeavor. <laughs> Got it. I see. That's funny because I'm pretty much the exact same way. Like I uh, pretty much like every like Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, like I'll sit down with like my planner and I'll kind of in a very similar fashion to you, minus the board games. I'll plan out what I'm going to be doing uh, pretty much every day, like for the for the upcoming week. And I think that's a that's a pretty efficient way to make sure that you're able to, I guess, kind of like you know balance all like your different uh, roles and responsibilities. That is a pretty good idea. So, and I recently heard. Sorry, I I recently heard this idea that I really liked of push and pull days, where some days like push harder to get things done and some days you relax more and i really liked that idea as well like having just certain days that make more sense where you're really gonna 
like exert energy. And then some days where you're really going to pull back and be like, you know, maybe I don't plan every second and I take some time to just do something fun. So I really liked that as well. Oh, I, th- I thought you said push, but I thought, oh, you just randomly play tug of war with people during the day. But that, but that's actually that's actually a pretty good idea as well. Because also when I'm, when I'm planned, like I always understand, like um, there's like this saying that uh, how does it go? I think it was uh, Otto von Bismarck in the 19th century that said, uh, it was like the best laid plans rarely survive first contact with the enemy. So another, I always try to have like some buffer time because think things are going to randomly come up that uh, I'm not going to be able to anticipate. So I always try to make sure I have like some additional time before and after, you know, like, or even at the end of the day for in case some unexpected, like there's an alien invasion or whatever. So I have <laughs> actual time to get things done, but that that's a yeah. really good idea. Like try to, uh, you know, schedule out your time. Uh, like a lot of writers that I have on the show, they say that they kind of like allocate a couple of hours right at the beginning of the day, the end of the day to ensure that they have time to, you know, like actually work on their writing or like their social media tasks. And so, and speaking of, the uh, various tasks uh, that you're juggling. You did mention uh, marketing activities back there. So that kind of leads me into my next question. So your your book is supposed to be coming out in around five to six weeks approximately. So I was curious, what kind of uh, pre-launch activities uh, are you doing right now to build uh, like anticipation for it? Yeah, so I'm mostly leveraging social media as much as I can just to talk about my book and push it out there. I'm, you know, doing podcasts like this. And I created a launch team uh, a few months ago where I offered free um, ebooks to my launch team ahead of time, like ahead of anyone else so that they could read it. And I gave them the opportunity to buy physical copies at a discounted rate as well. And in exchange uh, for them helping me spread the word. So having them post about it on their social medias, tell their friends, write the re- you know write some reviews on Goodreads and Amazon. Uh, and that has been really helpful uh, so far. And um, what else? Also doing uh, my newsletter, which has been a journey, I guess. I don't know why, but it's, it's something that I have had like such resistance towards. It just feels like another thing. But recently it's become more fun and it's become more fun because people are responding to it, right? So I'm writing about like some struggle I had or like some uh, something I'm working on in book two and I'll get a response like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you mentioned that because uh, I'm having the same the same struggles and like what you said really helped. And so that's been <laughs> like really rewarding and uh, just kind of keeping the conversation alive in any way uh, that I can. It's kind of the main, the main focus here. And I'm mostly leveraging um, Instagram, social media. Oh, awesome. So I actually had a couple of questions I wanted to ask you about several things that you had said in there. So you're mostly leveraging Instagram. I'm going to ask you like, what uh, platforms are you kind of focusing on right now? So like, for your uh, like your pre-launch activities, what kind of things are you posting uh, on Instagram out of curiosity right now? Yeah, so I just posted a book trailer. Um, that was uh, really exciting to put to put out there. I've also been posting, uh, there's like kind of this like trend going on where you post like the tropes in your book. So I did one of those posts. 
Um, I'll be posting later, I think next week, about some quotes that you can find in the book. Uh, just kind of like some tidbits um, to get people interested. Um, I plan on sharing some reviews that I already have from the launch team and from early readers. Um, just kind of some things that gave me inspiration and more about the story and how it came to be kind of like, you know, my whole, my whole journey, uh, to where I am, but yeah, mostly things like that, sharing what other people are saying. And, um, I did, I have worked with a couple of, um, influencers uh, on collaborations. So there's a couple giveaways and the works and, just more ways to to get the book and the book cover <laughs> in front of people. You mentioned, uh, like, I want to stick with this for a second. Uh, so you mentioned that you're working with influencers. Uh, so can you walk me through uh, for the audience, any uh, authors might be listening, where did you find these influencers and like, how did you uh, like reach out to them? Yeah, so I just kind of browsed Instagram, found some influencers that I thought I, I could connect with. Uh, like based on their content, what they were posting, um, whether or not I thought their audience would enjoy my book. So I kind of just followed people for a while, just kind of got to know them and, you know, in the shadows, I guess, and kind of picked a few that I thought would be good fits. And I just messaged them and asked them if they'd be interested in doing a collaboration with me, told them about the book. Some of them I had already connected with and chatted with uh, just based on what they were posting. Some of them started to follow me and were commenting on my stuff. So we already kind of had an open dialogue going. And so I just, yeah, just kind of asked them and we kind of got, got it rolling from there. I see. So just so that I'm trying to like understand the process. So you're obviously writing a high fantasy book. So you were looking for people on Instagram who appeared that uh, their content kind of matched with like yours, the genre of that you're writing in, and then you built a relationship with them over time. I imagine by commenting, by following them, commenting, liking, uh, they're kind of so they kind of knew who you were already. You didn't just like message people out of the blue, say, "Hey, promote my book." Like you had built like a rapport and a relationship with them a as well. So perfect. That's one to spell that out because someone listening might think, "Just I just gotta find like ten influencers and just shoot them like a." a a DM out of the blue. So yeah, it's really important to, you know, build that relationship because generally as people, we like to work with people that like we know, like, and trust. So I think that that was definitely probably like a probably big like factor in you getting those influencers uh, to work with you there. So yeah, another thing I wanted to uh, touch on. So you said you have a newsletter. Um, so I was curious if I go to your, I was on your website earlier. If I go to your website right now, uh, is there any sort of like a uh, like an incentive for anyone to sign up for your newsletter? And if so, what is it? So I kind of post incentives on my Instagram. There isn't really anything that is static um, as an as an incentive on my website. So I'll kind of mention like, oh, I'm sharing the first chapter of my book next month. If you want it, you know, if you want to get a, a copy of it, then join my newsletter. Um, it is probably a really good idea to just have a static, like, like, hey, you get the first three chapters if you sign up for my newsletter, just all the time. Uh, that's, that's great. I should totally do that. Uh, but for the most part, it's been like kind of just me dropping things um, on Instagram, like, hey, sign up. And next month, I'm, you know, sharing this. So yeah, 
that's that's a good idea. Yeah, because I know a lot of uh, a lot of the, the authors and writers that I work with, they do something like I don't. Know, maybe they give like you mentioned earlier, like a chapter, one or two chapters of your story, or like a complimentary short story to basically what they call like a lead magnet uh, in marketing to kind of like you know encourage people to sign up uh, for a list. So something to put in your back pocket for later. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we were just talking about uh, pre-launch activities. So now I want to like move into the future a little bit. Uh, what are you planning to do uh, post-launch after March the 5th to uh, sustain the momentum that you're currently building right now for Obsidian Tide? So kind of more of the same. Just keep talking about it. Um, I'm also going to be talking a lot about book two. I want to start you know, the launch team for book two, probably in the next few months as well. So um, people can get kind of a, an early look at book two as well. And I've started to build relationship relationships with readers already. So I'm hoping that uh, just keeping the momentum going from book to book, uh, that's kind of my main plan. I have kind of been playing with the idea of a launch party as well after the launch, but I'm really not sure what that looks like yet um, and if that would be beneficial um, or not. So I'm still kind of like playing with that idea, not really sure where that's going. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Yeah, like you still have, it's like five and a half, six weeks. I'm not good yeah. with numbers like out. So, you know, still got plenty of <laughs> time uh, to think about that. So I was curious, um, what kind of tools are you using, were you using, I guess, to uh, to draft and edit the book or the story? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I use Scrivener and I use that for, um, I actually have a lot of world building stuff in there too, just kind of notes that I can file away in, in Scrivener. And that's where I do my drafting and kind of my, my plotting. It's really easy to move things around if you need to. Uh, you can add character stuff in there as well. It's just kind of like my big binder of, of book stuff. Um, and then after that, I like to export it into uh, Word where I can send it to beta readers and they can kind of comment it up uh, right there and then do some um, some of the editing and stuff also in Word. Uh, it's just, it's a lot easier to, to, to do commenting and to do the editing in Word itself. Um, and then, yeah, from there, package it up in a PDF to send to the publisher. But yeah, so kind of Scrivener to Word. <laughs> gotcha. Perfect. And you also mentioned in there uh, that you were using beta readers. I kind of figured you were, but I'm curious, where did you uh, find your beta readers? So I have a couple of friends that are fantasy readers. So I wanted to make sure that I got some real fantasy readers on there. And then most of the other ones I got from my writing communities and from Ashley's programs. They're not all fantasy writers. Some of them read it, some of them don't. And it's just, it kind of, so I've got some writers and I've got some readers uh, that I've thrown into the mix. I think at total I had six beta readers and um, some of the feedback I got was, you know, was really great in the way that it made the book so much better. Oh, wow, awesome. Yeah, so, 
definitely beta readers are, you know, very important to, uh, you know, give feedback to writers. And I always suggest, uh, you know, they're actually incredibly easy to find. Like they're actually like Facebook groups that are dedicated just to uh, beta readers as well. And that's actually a very quick, easy and free uh, way to find them. Uh, sometimes if you're listening, if you want, you could even go in places like Fiverr. I know there's people that will do beta reads on there for anywhere like five to 20 bucks and turn the book around in like maybe like three or four days if you are interested in that as well. So I was curious. So having finished uh, your first book of Sidian's Tide, and it's going to be launching very soon, I was curious, what advice would you give to yourself about the writing or the publishing process that you didn't know uh, before you started? If you could hop in a time machine and go back to to the day before you actually started writing the manuscript? I would say don't shy away from the community. <laughs> so I'm a huge introvert. I prefer to just do it on my own. Like I just want to sit and write and just like hit a publish button and have people love it. Right. But you know, there's so much more to the process than that. And working with the community, the writing community on Instagram, I've also joined um, a women's writer group called Quill and Cup and my um, writer friends that I've gotten from Ashley's group. They all have such wisdom and they've all been incredibly encouraging. So inevitably, every writer is going to get to that point and they're going to be like, what am I doing? Like, I don't know if I can do this. This is really hard because it's really hard <laughs> and it's a long process. But having those community members encourage you and give you tips and just be there being supportive and telling you you're doing a great job. It has actually been really invaluable and it's something that I didn't see coming. <laughs> well, awesome. Um, Quill and Cup. I've never heard, I've never heard of that particular, uh, I know there's like dozens of writers associations uh, that are usually subdivided by genre. Um, so I'm a little curious, could you uh, walk me in the audience through uh, what Quill and Cup, uh, what that like association does exactly? Yeah, so it's really just a group of women writers supporting each other. And there's all kinds of genres from all over the world. And they have um, weekly educational sessions that you can, you know, choose to go to, choose not to go to. And then I think probably the thing that like drew me in the most was they what they have, what they call prickles. And it is just... <laughs> I was confused at first too, but they're just <laughs> writing sessions um, that you can just pop into and there's other people there and you kind of talk real quick about what you're working on and then you just work and you work together and you can, you know, type in the chat, like if you have a question or like some small win um, or just like a quote from what you wrote that you loved and it's just kind of a it, like interactive session of people actually writing while you're writing. Some of them are more interactive. Some of them are really heads down where you're like, I just need, you know, someone to do this with me. I just need to have a certain time that I need to do this because people are expecting me to show up. Um, so it's, it's really flexible, but really supportive as well. They're always cheering me on. <laughs> oh, awesome. Uh, when you said prickles, I was kind of like, well, I know we're on Zoom, but this is going to be audio when I, when everyone's listening to it. I've had the especially like prickles. Like, what is that? The, my mind. I was thinking that 
I was thinking of a person like grabbing like a cactus or something that like that sounds very painful but that's interesting how you uh, <laughs> broke it down um so is this cooling cup is this like a, a group that you like pay a membership for or anything it is yeah yes there is a monthly membership fee to be a part of this and there's a slack um slack community as well so you're you kind of always have access to to everyone and that's where they share out the times of, you know, where when everyone's meeting that day, there's kind of a schedule. You can just hop in, hop off, know what what type of writing session you're getting into. Um, and yeah, it's like really flexible, really fluid, just, you know, whatever you need that day. Wow, awesome. It's funny, like every time that, you know, I have a writer on there. I think like nine out of 10 are always in like some sort of like a writing association or organization. So, you know, like you've uh, had mentioned earlier, you know, I, I really think that, you know, finding that community of, you know, like-minded people that can give you encouragement and, you know, bounce ideas off of that's definitely, uh, you know, very, it's very essential to like an, like an author and an artist growth. Like there's a saying that I think it goes, I, I say this almost every episode when I have somebody, but I always butcher it. It's like, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go with others. Yes, I got it right this time. It only took about eight times for me to get it correct. But yeah, and I think that's definitely what that is. You know, there's like that, it's hard to describe. There's, almost like, there's that synergy when, you know, you're in like a group of, you know, like-minded people that are going through the same thing, come from the same background. They've kind of like been up the mountain already. And they can definitely like help you out. So if you're listening to this, I would strongly suggest that maybe not necessarily quilling cup, but, you know, consider finding like a writing association or organization because there's literally so many of them out there. Like they're subdivided by like uh, there's one for male writers, female writers, uh, crime, horror, uh, science fiction, fantasy. All you have to do is just like go on Google uh type in like writers organization or association and whatever genre that you typically write in and you'll find you know like five or ten most of them don't appear to be free i know a lot of them because i advertise with a lot of them uh like as a proofreader and copy editor but definitely it's most of them are definitely worth the investment to you know to have that association to have the privilege of being around people that can literally like help you get better because like like another saying that I often butcher, I think I, I'm going to get it right this time. A rising tide lifts all boats. Yes, that was it. All right, got both my sayings, and I am so I am so proud of myself. And so, as we wrap up today, Joanna, I was curious: could you tell uh, the audience uh, where they could find out more about you and uh, sign up for your newsletter? Yeah, absolutely. So, pretty much anything you want to know is on my website. Uh, that's just joannamcspadden.com uh my name.com so and that there you'll find the new trailers up right there and you can sign up for my newsletter you can find me on social media all right right from there all right thanks for tuning in to the pin to profit podcast if you've enjoyed hanging out with us today swing by itunes or your podcast app of choice and leave a rating and write a review. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button to get more of this grammar goulash delivered piping hot to your ear holes every week. And if you're looking for more tips, tricks, and free trainings that aren't available anywhere else, click the link in the show notes to join the Author Success Hub Facebook group. It's one part mastermind group and one part creative writing workshop. Except you can attend in your pajamas without judgment. Plus, you'll be mixing it up with fellow authors who are all about that writing and profiting life. Until next time. 
keep putting pen to paper and turning those pages to profit. Ciao.